But I'm going to call it now. I think yours is going to be my anime girl of the year. I'm putting that down right now. Of the year? Of the year. Your brother. Oh, man. You, we lost, like, infinite viewers now. Because there's, like, a very clear best girl award winner in 2022. Yeah, I've been meaning to, to watch JoJo. I hear it's pretty interesting. Is it something that, you know, you like? Do you like it overall? Is it pros, cons? Yeah it's uh it's a it's a bit mid in my opinion but (laughs) oh no (laughs) flame him again hey weeboos welcome back it's a new season it's season four i know we've been taking quite a few weeks of break well at least i have i think chris over here has given a little bit of content by himself but we're back this is the first episode of the new season feels good uh but first i guess i'm sorry that i haven't been back for two weeks it's been very crazy but i'm glad we're starting a new season we have the spring 2022 anime season out there's a lot of good anime out there a lot of different anime too and you know maybe we won't touch on it too much this episode but first of all chris how's it going how are these past few weeks man the spring 2022 season at least i've been watching it alone since i've been releasing some solo videos or solo podcasts but it's actually been really good and i'm actually pretty surprised by how good it is but it's like it's kind of strange because there isn't one i guess i mean there i think there's two shows that are almost s tier level but besides those two shows like it's pretty balanced and it's a pretty even playing field, unlike Winter 2022, which felt very top-heavy. It was like three shows that were really big, AOT, Demon Slayer, My Dress Up Darling, and it basically like fell off a cliff after that, in terms of popularity at least. Obviously, we talked about how much we liked Vanitas. We talked about the popularity behind Ranking Kings to some degree as well. So yeah, but Spring 2022, I everything I've been watching, I've actually been enjoying. I haven't dropped anything yet, which is surprising. There's been three or four episodes out for each show now, and I'm still watching every single one, and I'm actually looking forward to each episode, so that's the weird part, but have you watched anything? I guess Rising of the Shield Hero, but I guess anything besides the main isekai? I've only been watching Spy X and Rising of the Shield Hero. I'm pretty behind for myself in terms of the start of a season. But I just started getting into it, you know, this past week now that I had some downtime. So I've got a lot on my plate to catch up on. But my brother's been watching a lot. So I've been hearing, you know, from someone close to me kind of what's been going on, like his takes on, you know, the current season and, you know, kind of his like very quick rankings. So, you know, it's pretty interesting. I think he had some opinions that maybe I'll touch on too later. Um, but he said it's an interesting season yeah it's very different in terms of the genre overall i mean we got an isekai we got a couple isekai but what's when is there never a couple isekai there's always like five and then three of them are basically not even talked about and then two of them are always big or something there's a bunch all the time so but i'm i'm glad to see rising the shield heroes back it's actually a pretty interesting story i don't know if this i guess for second season is the greatest season so far for me personally but I'm still excited to see where this goes. In terms of uh, Spy X Family, I want to get your like controversial opinion on this, but what do you think about shows that have an X in the name, and do you actually pronounce the X in it? Okay. 
I can see where you're going with this because I've been railed in the past for saying Hunter x Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you're right. It's it's really an and. Uh, the English language sucks. How did we ever come up with an X relating that to an and? I don't know the history on English. I'm really bad at, at grammar. Yeah, I don't know, but... <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. It's, it's not supposed to be said normally, but I say it. And I don't know. Spy X just sounds right to me. I'm not going to say Hunter X, you know? I don't know why Spy X sounds, sounds good in my head. I mean, I asked you this question, but I actually think the X sounds more correct too. Like Spy X Family sounds cooler to me than just Spy Family. And that's the same with the Hunter X Hunter. Hunter Hunter is fine. It's a bit more normal because it's just like alliteration. Use the same word, you know, copy it. But Hunter X Hunter sounds cooler. Like it just gives a little edge to the name. So I always say the X, but I know it's incorrect to say the X. So that's a, you know commentary for the fans who think that we're crazy for saying the x in all the names <laughs> yeah I, I guess we understand it's not supposed to be there but i like saying it anyway it rolls off the tongue better to me yeah it kind of just does yeah just spy x family i, I kind of like it i'm not really sure why i like it so much more than hunter x hunter but it just feels right like something about that x just hits hits a little different yeah, maybe it's because it's about spies and it's it just makes it cooler. I don't know. Maybe we're old. Maybe we're boomers who think that X is cool. But I guess on the side note here, you've watched the first three episodes or so, I'm guessing, of Spy X Family. Well, what are your thoughts or initial impressions of the show? It's, it's I, I guess it's so good. I loved it. I, I watched, I think I only got through two episodes before I said, I'm not waiting another week to watch the third episode. And then that started my 3 a.m. binges to read the manga (laughs) until I caught up. And I feel like that's very fast for me to resort to the manga. Usually in a shounen, I think I get like somewhere around four or five episodes in. And then I'm like, okay, I I can't wait anymore. Or I'll finish the first season and then I'll be like, I want to keep continuing it. This was one of the few times where I just said, I'm not waiting. I'm just not going to (laughs) wait. I guess what made you not wait, though? Like, what was the thing that caught your attention in order for you to not wait? I think the plot development was brilliant in the first episode or two episodes. And, And I guess the plot development is very, almost exactly the same as the manga for the first couple I mean, I think it's just maybe the first episode. I think in this latest episode, it covers maybe two or three chapters. They cover a bit of a wider range. But I believe that first episode was actually almost directly correlated to the manga. Um, and I feel like when they do that, you have a that intro is a bit more clean. There's a lot more plot development, character development, and you kind of understand the story a bit better. And I really like that. I, I don't know if you caught up caught that as well. But the way they kind of just introduced the show overall with the artwork, the comedy aspect, I thought it was just done really well. And, and maybe that's because they copied the manga for that. And maybe most some of the production studios like Cloverworks and Wit, they decided that first chapter is really key to to the story. Because I think it is. I think in especially with this type of anime, these first, I don't know, three episodes are really all setting up the family. But they do it, you have to do that correctly. And I think 
they nailed it, which is something I don't usually say when production studios take uh, an adaptation of the manga. But in this case, I think it's done really, really well. And I think the reason it's getting so much hype on the internet and just from fans is anyone who's read the manga can't really complain that it was done poorly because it's literally direct translation for the first episode and a half. I think what the first episode does really well is it introduces every single element that Spy X family is really about. So it does a good introduction of the premise, the whole plot segment, but it also does a good introduction of the characters and the quirks behind each character. And on top of that, basically layers in an element to show that it's a comedic show and not something that should be taken all that seriously in a sense. But the premise itself is kind of serious. Yeah, so it's a kind of a contradictory, contradicting situation where there's elements of comedy, elements of a pretty good plot, a more serious plot, I guess. But the characters are really quirky, have their own like flavor. And they do a really good job of introducing all those elements into one episode, which is really hard, right? And it kind of trails into episode two when they introduce more characters that are pivotal for the show. And I think like the first two episodes or so are probably one of the best two episodes so I, I don't necessarily blame you that you wanted to go watch read the manga afterwards because after i read the first chapter of the manga i was like oh i'm gonna i'm finishing this like i'm finishing this in like one month easy or like one week easy so yeah it's a really appealing show in that regard and i i think the manga is actually one of the higher rated mangas right yeah i think it has I something think we talked about it, like a 8.5 8.6 in terms of mouse score so that's pretty high in terms of manga I, i'm sure it's in the top 50 or so in terms of uh score and ranking so yeah i think the manga quality is really really good too i don't know if you got the same impression but the drawings are clean it is very clean they're simple and clean you know it's it's a very different art style but it's done well I didn't realize how much I liked kind of the the change in how in the manga they draw the eyes a bit differently um, depending on what type of mood, whether it's comedic, serious. Mm-hmm. I think being able to portray a scene just through the eye change is actually something I haven't really realized I really enjoy. But I'm able to appreciate it, especially in this manga and even the series, is just the difference in expression and mood based off the character's eyes that are drawn. And it can sometimes I think in the story it's as simple as just like a dot, right? It's the the straight line, like as like a, you know, like are you serious type of face? Yeah. But it's funny, and for me that's something I don't realize I didn't realize I appreciated. I thought that was like the main appeal almost of the comedic aspects, and I think they only clearly do that with Anya. And it's very evident in, in the anime as well, right? Just from the first episode, Anya has so many different facial expressions throughout the first episode. And it, it kind of comes with her quirk or her abilities. So that's what makes it like really entertaining to me. I'm just like, Anya is such a pivotal or like important character to the show. And her personality and traits are so fun to watch. And that's why it's just one of the most appealing shows, in my opinion. Yeah, I I almost felt it was this like hybrid of my favorite characters of a bunch of different manga or shows in general. I don't know if you kind of got that similar feel, but like Anya's like this little baby girl version of like Psyche K. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> and like um I mean, they got the an- antenna thing going too, basically. She has the two cones on her 
head and then Psyche has a no yeah it's, it's hilarious it just screams Esper right I don't know what it is but um dude what's the Yu-Gi-Oh card we used to play uh that like had like zero attack uh it was that was like an Esper looking girl I have no idea but I know I feel like I know what you're talking about magician of faith I'm just kidding I think you could like discard it or something and it like negated an effect oh effect veiler it was the hand trap Effect Does that thing have like little Esper things on its head? I think it has like twin tails. It's, I don't think it's Esper things, but it's it's hair or something. That's okay, yeah. Out. I was just getting like Effect Veiler Psyche K vibes. From <laughs> I don't know why. That's pretty funny. Yeah, kind of funny. And then, you know, Twilight or the main character. I don't know. I don't really know who's the main character. They're all the main character. But Twilight or his code name. He kind of reminds me of the Game of Thrones. Uh you know the girl who changes her face a bunch of times i actually have and not I'm watched game of thrones i'm blanking on the names today i can't help but, you um, here i have not watched game of thrones what what did you say you, did you say you haven't watched game of thrones dude do you know how much time it takes to watch all this anime i spent hey, hey, so hey. much time watching all this anime all right we're gonna have to we're gonna have to change that i heard game of thrones is sus anyways at the ending oh well apparently a lot of anime sus at the ending too <laughs> cough cough <laughs> no spoilers (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so overall i really like spy x (laughs) it's just entertaining it's just something i'm able to watch at the end of my day at the end of the night i'm not paying too much attention but i'm also paying a lot of attention i don't know if that makes sense dude it's brilliant the the storyline itself is just brilliant i'm sad because i read the manga and now i'm like just stuck waiting i'm in this now waiting game it's interesting though because there's I think there's some shows that I read the manga and I just can't wait for it to come out to animation, right? Like Demon Slayer is clearly one of them. Like the not the discrepancy, but the animation almost brings it to life and br- takes it to another level. And I wasn't sure how Spy X Family was going to translate from the manga to the animation because I thought the manga quality was so high. I was like, "Wait, wow, this is like next level manga that i'm reading compared to some of the other other ones i've read in the past and there i feel like the production that with studio and cloverworks is doing on an episode to episode basis is like insane like in terms of it's not like action scenes are crazy the explosions are crazy it's not demon slayer level art what the fight scenes you know but at the same time like the quality of the show is holding up really well where it's really enjoyable and aesthetically pleasing to watch on a week-to-week basis and that's what i thought was was really impressive as well the music is also great and fun to watch so it gives it like a lively mood and yeah it's just always fun which kind of goes hand in hand with like kaguya and komi on a weekly basis so like the spring 2022 season is just really fun all the time yeah yeah it's i definitely agree it's just fun right i don't know if there's any other way to put it yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of people think that way too because this show has a nine on mal so far i'm sure uh the full mal alchemist brotherhood fans are coming out to give this show a one as much as possible to make sure that this does not end as, at a nine <laughs> i mean this thing is blowing the other shows way by a mile i think um in terms of at least the initial ratings but i mean it is early right it's still early who knows how they're going to adapt you know the rest of the manga because I've read the manga, I can now compare it, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to play in that camp now where 
I hope I don't become like one of those like it's not as good as the manga I'd lower my rating type of thing. I'm still trying to take it for what it is as a show. So hopefully I don't have I had haven't biased myself too much. But overall, you know, great start. Honestly, my favorite show so far. Probably mostly everyone's favorite show unless <coughs> we got some Kaguya stands. We obviously saw something in Winter 2022 with Ranking Kings where it started out really high and then we both didn't really like the ending. So hopefully this this stays strong throughout the entire time. I will say though, you haven't watched Kaguya, so I don't want to talk about it all that much. But I will say though, this Kaguya season three is like S tier anime. It's it's one of the best seasons I've seen of any slice of life romance comedy show. And it's just like, it's great for me to wake up on a Saturday or throughout the week whenever I watch it. To Kaguya, Spy X Family, Komi, it's, it, everything is just too good. So Yeah, that's quite a lineup for you. Yeah, but if you haven't watched Kaguya, I don't think you'll like season one that much because I didn't personally like season one that much. But when you get to season two and season three, it's just like, oh, oh, this is a, this is really good. This is a really good S tier show. And I feel like I could like almost guarantee that. It's I'm I keep saying I'm gonna start it, but you know this this time I'm really gonna start it. I have to finish it. I have to start it and catch up. Uh, there's a couple you know on this season that. I've personally been told I need to watch and, you know, just naming some of those. That's Komi, like you just said. Uh, Shikamori is not just a cutie, um, which I've heard positive things about, actually. Yeah, I think I actually like that show, too. It's probably in that grouping of, of those three anime. It's within the same category, Slice of Life Romance. It's not a overly, like, sexual show, in a sense, that we've seen in the past. It's not a My Dress Up Darling. It's not even close to that. It's more centered around the relationship of the couples so i would say it's almost closer to like toradora i don't remember if you watched toradora maybe you didn't watch toradora or it's like i have not okay so then it's it's closer to like clan at after story like back half if you okay if you get what i mean so without any spoilers so it's pretty wholesome to watch um it's just a casual uh, another casual show to look forward to on a weekly basis and it's just like pretty fun to watch all right well i mean it's- it seems like this season, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say comedy, but lighthearted anime per se. Yeah. Like just good easy, break. chill, let your mind go type of anime. It's a good break from the whole AOT, Ranking of Kings, Vanitas, 86, Ending, Demon Slayer season, because all those shows are basically all serious shows, so... Getting something that's more lighthearted, getting something that's funny is a, is a good mix-up before we get into some of the back half of uh, back half shows of 2022. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I guess while we're talking about the current season, what did you think about the first... Just I mean, I've only watched the first two out of the three that I'm out, out so far, but what do you think of Rising of the Shield Hero? I watched two episodes, two. I haven't watched the third one this week yet because I was out of town till Tuesday. So I think it comes out. I think it comes out actually in the middle of the week, right? But I just think think it's tomorrow. I think it's Wednesday's US release. Okay. I haven't had the chance to watch the last one, but I actually think it's pretty boring. Um, I think season two is boring because I think, and I kind of explained this in like the solo podcast, but it, it almost feels like a transition right now where they have to get to the next plot and it's 
there's nothing wrong with that. Obviously, you need to have setup in order to transition from plot to plot. Because once season one ended, like that plot was kind of resolved to some degree. So they need to get to the next thing. And it just feels like we're in the middle of that transition period. The animation isn't great. It's not fantastic. It's not necessarily aesthetically pleasing to me. So it's hard for me to stay engaged, I guess, during this transition period. Because it's a lot of dialogue, a lot of just talking in order to get the plot set up if that makes sense no no that that makes sense um personally i watched the first episode and i was lost i had no clue what happened and so i went back and had to rewatch most of season one i like skimmed through it but i was like season one so far is leagues above season two yeah, but like season one, right? Like it's just like any other isekai where that initial period of going to the new world, discovering all the different elements of it captures your attention really quickly. But season two is almost like they need to find the next thing, like the next problem or issue in order for the main characters to tackle. And it's just taking a long time to get there. Yeah, this is the back half of Sword Art Online right here. It really is. It's like... <laughs> what was that i don't even remember what it was called elfheim yeah oh yeah yeah it took like five episodes to get to the plot and then the plot was absolute shit (laughs) yes i actually rewatched sword art online this past weekend the original one the original 12 episodes the original the original 25 episodes yeah we were me and my friend were bored and we just started binging it and as i sat there i said Damn, this show's always going to have a place in my heart. <laughs> How did you watch the back half? Like, I always stop at episode, like, 12 or 13, whenever the oh, the, the first arc the black The back half was, was absolutely terrible. It was terrible. I don't know how you get through that back half. It's just so bad. It's like that high. The high of the first 12 episodes carries me through about an extra hour. And then after that, I'm like, oh, yeah, the back half sucks. Yeah. But then I'm too invested, so I just keep going. Yeah, I mean, like, I always rewatch the Aincrad season. I think it's still a great 13 episodes or so. And from an entertainment perspective, obviously there's flaws to it that every almost every isekai has, the power creep, what whatnot. But it's the most entertaining part of Sword Art. And I think that's why they're making all these progressive movies, right? Because it kind of goes back to Aincrad season, which was, I would guess, the most popular season. I might be wrong. I'm pretty confident it is. So... I'm excited to see the the new progressive movies as they come out. They announced another one, which comes out, I think, at the end of this year, 2022. And we haven't even seen the 2021 one in the U.S. Yeah, they're really, uh, I wouldn't say milking, but really just... They're milking extend- it, man. <laughs> they're extending... They're extending milking Sword series. Art. <laughs> How many seasons does it have now? It has, like, Aincrad, then the Elf one, then Gungale... No, Gungale is is this is the season that will never that should not be named. That's the lost <laughs> lost arc. Hey, Gungale was like, wasn't it? Was it twenty five episodes or was it thirteen? Because oh, I might be thinking of the the other one. They had a Gungale one and then another like side story one. Remember? Um, I forgot what it was called. Yeah, they did have a side story. I don't remember what that one's called. Yeah, so it was those two, and then alkalization for two two seasons. Right? They've had like three movies. They're definitely milking milking it. This is just all for the money. But the popularity's there, so I guess it's okay. 
if we're talking about AOT losing popularity, which, you know, I admit it was, it was just a thesis, a hypothesis that was thrown for discussion. You know, we were incorrect. AOT is still very popular everywhere, but in terms of Sword Art Online, it's, it's probably not that popular anymore, right? I'm going to get flamed up by all the Sword Art Online fans. Yeah, flame this man. Flame <laughs> this man. I, I don't get it. Um, maybe in Japan, it's just very popular still. There's a lot of light novels, obviously, for Sword Art Online. So there's just a lot of content that people can cover. Yeah, I would say a lot of the people who watch the original, they're always going to you know, be Sword Art Online fans some to some extent. Um, of course, some people obviously have stopped watching. Like, like it's it comes back to our discussion always. Like, if you're that invested into the series, you're gonna probably keep watching it. Yeah, that's true. I guess on a side note though, you watch Sword Art Online. I also did a had a miraculous feat, and I finished Hunter X Hunter <laughs> after wow like two <laughs> years. All right, so for those who haven't listened to some of the previous seasons and you're joining us for the first time, I'll give you some background on this. Chris was into Hunter, Hunter, Hunter X, whatever you want to call it, HXH, I don't care. But he was into it, he got to the Chimera Ant arc, and all hope was lost. This man fell into the dark hole of the anime yips and could not watch the show again. And I thought it was a lost cause, but it sounds like he finished it. So Chris, what's your opinion on it? Let us hear it. There are a lot of Hunter Hunter fans in there. Don't offend too many people, but I want to hear your opinions. So I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I've obviously talked about that Chimera Ant or Ant Chimera. I don't even know what it's called. Chimera Ant arc and how much I struggled to get through that arc. I got to the ending of it. I still fucking hate that arc. It's It was the biggest waste of my time for 70 episodes. It was such a waste of my time. But with that being said, I look back at hunter x hunter or hunter hunter and it's it's really good like the shonen as a shonen show and a sh- i think it's a shonen jump manga right it's really good and besides that arc and even like i don't hate that entire arc i just hate that it went for like 70 episodes i don't know what the reasoning is maybe the author needed to buy time or whatever which is fine but Besides that arc, that sh- the show's actually really good. I thought the ending of the anime was really good. Everything leading up to the Chimera Ant arc was really good. And if I just like look past 20 episodes from the Chimera Ant arc, it might be one of my favorite shonen. Hot take. H- have you seen Fairy Tale? I've watched like 25 episodes and I just couldn't get past it. Okay, so Hunter Hunter's above Fairy Tale for you. Yeah, well, like, Fairy Tale is going through the same treatment I went through with Hunter x Hunter where I couldn't get through it, right? So, I think Hunter x Hunter is above a lot of things. I'm trying to think of, like, other things that are within the same category as this, like Bleach, One Piece, Naruto, and My Hero Academia. Yeah, I think those are, like, the main ones. I guess Jujutsu Kaisen, maybe, and Demon Slayer that I could think of that are within this category. Hunter x Hunter is actually really good, like, out of all the all those comparative shows hunter hunter is the most unique i would say out of all the shows you just listed and it actually i feel like it does a really good job of like story building or storytelling like i can't really find many holes in the show yeah there's some like shonen aspects where like some character gets ridiculously strong all of a sudden after meditating for like 20 minutes or something like there's some 
power creep elements to it that are just in any shonen but i feel like it's a very complete show otherwise the characters have depth background reasoning for why they do certain things they act kind of in line with what you sh- you would expect from i guess based off their background and based off their their age or their status or their personality and yeah in that sense i feel like it's a very complete show yeah beside like mr cell and the can't Aunt Chimera arc. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I do I do like this sh- I do like the show a lot. Uh, I think oh I always compare it to Fairy Tale because I watched those two around the same times in my life, and I love Fairy Tale. I'm a Fairy Tale stan, but Hunter Hunter I think as a whole definitely has more depth. The story's more interesting, and I like it overall. It kind of gives me like Yu Yu Hakusho vibes, but in maybe a more modern era. Mm-hmm. And you know. I like Hunter Hunter because I think one of my favorite characters is in it, and I just feel like I relate to the guy a lot. Who's your favorite character? So I really like Leorio. He just reminds me of like how I would envision myself in the anime, like some guy who's like trying to work, but at the same time he wants to get stronger, but he's like fighting this internal battle of like, do I want to work on my career or do I just want to get stronger? And he has like other motives and stuff, but I just like his kind of like comedic aspect too. Yeah, I mean, I I could see that. He's a really likable character. But, like, that's kind of what I mean, right? You could kind of see from their perspective and see their reasoning for why they're acting certain ways. And even, like, Gon, Kiroa, and even the, the bad guys, like Hisoka, you could totally see where they're coming from to some degree. And I almost compare this... I, I feel like this experience I watched Hunter x Hunter is very similar to my experience with FMAB, where... I thought the show was just very balanced and very, very complete. And there are flaws, obviously, to the show. So I don't think it's like a 9 out of 10 for for those reasons. But from that, like, shounen categorization within those, like, with those other shows, like Naruto, One Piece, etc. I haven't watched One Piece, so I'm not not 100% sure how how good One Piece is. But Hunter x Hunter is definitely in, like, the top echelon of that group, I think. It's definitely, you know, a stay in the shonen category for, you know, some of the best shonen that have been released in probably the past, you know, 10 years or so. It's everyone who watches anime at some, to some point, probably has heard of Hunter x Hunter or has seen some of Hunter x Hunter. Uh, so it has a lot of outreach. I mean, I really like it. It's really fun to watch. It's beside that Ant Chimera arc, the rest of it is relatively enjoyable. A lot of interesting characters, too. It's pretty entertaining. It's got some very happy moments and also some very sad moments. Uh, but yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad you finished it. Is, is there any chance you go out and then start reading the manga? I think there is. So, I, I'm just picking what I do next, right? I just finished this. So, I don't know what to watch next because I am debating after watching Hunter x Hunter if I should go out of my way to read or watch One Piece. And I've kept up with One Piece at a certain point, but like there was a point in my life where I just stopped watching anime or reading manga. And that like gap period was so big that I just, I felt like it was just like a significant effort to catch up to One Piece. So I never caught up. And I feel like I should watch it now because One Piece is probably a show that's kind of comparable to Hunter x Hunter in terms of the scale and the typing of it. And 
along with some of these other shows too. So I feel like I need to watch it, but it's so time consuming. So One Piece is very time consuming. Like I said, I'm probably going to be reading this thing until it ever ends. Whenever Ichiro Oda decides he's done with it. One Piece has a lot of ups and downs. I think there are moments of a lot of filler arcs that are hard to get through. And that's the reason I read One Piece uh, rather than watch it. I do watch these certain arcs that I really enjoy. Um, and more specifically, just climax battles. But One Piece, the manga right now, is in a very, very big climatic point in this story. It's actually crazy what just happened. I don't want to spoil it because I don't know if any everyone's caught up. I don't know if a lot of people do what I do. They wait like you know two or three months before reading One Piece. Um, because Oda releases the manga every three weeks. He then takes a one-week break. So there's always a gap. And I like kind of letting some of the storyline build up. But right now, it's just so crazy in terms of the climax that I've been reading it every week waiting for the release. It's this arc, in my opinion, is getting to the climax of, you know, one of the my other previous favorite One Piece arcs, um, which is the war. I don't know if you got to that point, but I think a lot of people are pretty... I don't know if they say happy, but just kind of into One Piece right now because this storyline is is pretty crazy. But there's a thousand forty seven chapters, so it took me like three days, three or four days of like three a.m. nights to catch up to Spy X, and that was sixty chapters. So yeah, One Piece is a little bit shorter per chapter, but this gonna take you a long time. It blows my mind that this anime has been out since nineteen ninety nine. It's twenty three years. Since this anime has come out, I don't know if I could watch 23 years worth of anime, man. So I might just resort to the manga. All right. If I, God forbid, ever pass away and One Piece is not done yet, I need you to write on my tombstone, waiting for Luffy to reach the crown line. (laughs) (laughs) We'll one day see it. (laughs) One day. Yeah. One Piece is really good. I... I've had it has its ups and downs. There are moments where I'm like, oh, I hate this, I hate this manga. I'm just reading it just cause. But right now, I'm I'm very into it, and it's my favorite manga that I've been reading on a weekly basis. Right as of right now, just as of right now. Yeah, everyone just keeps talking about it, so I feel the urge to to watch it, and I'm kind of going on that like shonen spree. Right after I watched Demon Slayer, after I watched Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, I went to Hunter Hunter. I'm just like I feel like I'm on a roll. I'm still watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure on the side. Like, I feel like if I get out of this cycle, I'm just never gonna get to it. So I'm gonna ask you some question. You brought up JoJo right now. I was reading a lot of like just you know comments, Reddit posts, etc. But people are saying JoJo dubbed is actually really good. I could see that because JoJo has a stylistic aspect to it that's not very anime related. It's very different from a stylistic standpoint so i could see it being more translatable to a dub it's almost something like banana fish where i almost preferred the dub i was or it's not almost i think i preferred the dub because it takes place in new york and it's just weird to hear them speak in japanese like i'd rather just hear them speak in english that's true that's true especially if the storyline is like american yeah, that's the same way that I feel about Villain Saga. Like, Villain Saga is not even American, right? But it just fits the character styles a little bit better because it takes place in, in Europe. So I do think there's just some shows that dub might just be better just because of how it visually looks and the execution of the dub voice actors are, are getting better too over time, which 
it's a good thing. Yeah, I've been meaning to to watch Judge. I hear it's pretty interesting. Is it something that you know you like? Do you like it overall? Is it pros cons? Eh, you know, it's a it's a it's a bit mid in my opinion, but. <laughs> oh no <laughs> flame him again because uh, in the end i think people can get can see where my taste is based on like the past episodes or based on things i've discussed but i don't necessarily like shows that i guess don't have like an overarching meaning or takeaway from the show so that's why i like slice of life for example or or something with more like character development some depth in terms of the message jojo is very entertaining i can watch it week to week easily if i was watching jojo week to week on as i was releasing in the season i think it was it would be an easy watch but when i'm watching it as a binge it doesn't make me click the next episode button because you kind of can tell what's gonna happen next like you know you've seen this before you've seen the formula before you can anticipate what's gonna happen next so it doesn't make me want to keep watching, but it's very easy for me to watch it like one at a time, if that makes sense. So it's like, it's not the most engaging thing, but it's, it's not bad. Like it's, it's good. It's decent. I guess that's something I will have to also add to my list of ever growing anime. Yeah. I think you could put it in the back of your list. I don't think it's that high of a priority. Okay. I guess that that's good to know. Another question I had for you. Have you heard of Call of the Night? I think the Japanese name is Yofukashi no Uta. Call of the Night. I have not, I don't think. I'm looking it up right now. No, no, no I, I haven't seen this before. Okay, I, I know nothing of the story. I was trying to feel for, you know, what this show is. But the artwork, it just really, I, I kind of liked it. I, I don't know what it is, but. It's. I mean, it's coming out in summer 2022. It's going to be done by Leiden Films, is a studio, who did Tokyo Revengers. There's a promotional video out for it that just released. Um, it's on YouTube. I think it's pretty interesting. I don't know. The, 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 art, the artwork kind of appeals to me. I'll, I'll send you the, the promotional video, but it's only 15 seconds, but... Um... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't, I've never heard of it before, but you know, it caught my eye and just wanted to bring it up. The adaptation is has a seven point nine zero in terms of manga, but only has nine thousand users rating it. So pretty small sample size here, but it looks interesting though. Like stylistically, it does look more mature in a sense. Yeah, and I think there's quite a few volumes in the manga, so it's not like it's just like one or two. I always like it when I see a show that has like, you know, more than just one volume because I know it's like there's content there and, and that kind of like piques my interest, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's still in the middle of serial serialization. It started in August 2019, but still going on. So that's a good sign, at least. Um, but I'm guessing it will be a pretty small segment of the story that's released in summer 2022. Yeah, so I, I think it's coming out later this year. I'm not 100% sure, but, you know. Something to talk about when it does. Yeah, it says it's slated for summer 2022, so it'll come out next season after this one. This studio, this Leadem Film Studio, did a Kotaro Lives Alone. And I, that was a, another show I watched over the last week. It's on Netflix. <laughs> Great show. Another show to add to your list. <laughs> I've heard a lot of memes about it. It filled up my TikTok for a little bit, and it looks very sad. 
is the most depressing show I've ever seen, I think. And that's coming from the person that watches a lot of depressing anime. So from that regard, um, I don't know. It's it's really, it's not dark intentionally. I mean, it is dark intentionally, but they try to make it comedic in a sense, but, and hide it and they try, but it's not, yeah, it's very dark. <laughs> Great show though. All right. Okay. Okay. Maybe if I'm feeling sad, then I'll, I'll give it a try. Yeah, it might not be it's your like cup dark, of tea. It's like though. dark humor, right? Dark humor, I guess. No, it's actually like very lighthearted humor. It's just that the situation. So Kotaro is a main character who's a four-year-old who lives on his own in his apartment, as you can tell from the name of the show. Um, there are reasons for why he lives on his own, and that kind of bleeds through in his interactions. But his interactions on a daily basis are funny with. It could be with adults or other people his age. And in that sense, it's very comedic. But like the intentions be- behind how he acts or why he's living alone is what makes it depressing. Mm, okay. Okay. I kind of get the gist of it. Yeah. So you got to like look between the lines a little bit to get the dark aspect. So some people might not think of it as a dark show. But I think it's pretty blatantly obvious that it bleeds out a bit. I think there's a lot of comedy this season, so maybe after I pick up my spirits a bit, I'll go wander over to Kotaro Lives Alone. Yeah, I mean, like, you could watch it in between some of these comedy shows. That's all I can say. Looks like I have a lot of anime to catch up to, so sounds like I'm going to have a pretty busy next couple of weeks, but hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I guess another thing I kind of wanted to talk about, I wanted to ask you, is for those listening, I went to Coachella. I saw 88 Rising. And to my surprise, Utada Hikaru came out and performed Simple and Clean as her opening act. Did you get a chance to watch that performance? I watched both the Japanese artists that performed at Coachella and their sets. So one is Utada Hikaru, and then two was Kadi Pamifamu. I'm guessing you haven't watched Kadi Pamifamu. I have heard of them because they are, they are lit. They are fire. It was very interesting. Um... So in terms of Utada Hikaru, obviously I'm a big Utada Hikaru fan. I've talked about Pink Blood and To Your Eternity probably like 1,000 times on this podcast. So when I heard their shows coming on, I was pretty depressed. I wasn't there. I knew for a fact she was doing Simple and Clean, right? Biggest song in terms of the Western audience. Uh, her other picks were interesting. She she did a lot of older older songs that I know, but I don't know if a lot of other people know. So I was like, oh, wow, she's uh, coming out with, I think, Automatic. Um, and the first love, I think, were was her other song. I think "Simple and Clean" and "Face My Fears" are the only ones probably people recognize, unless you listen to Utada Hikaru a lot. Yeah, exactly, because they're basically gaming songs, right? So, if you played video games, you would get it at some point, or you would hear it in like a BGM or in like a advertisement or something. So, I knew for a fact those two were coming out, but. I was surprised by the other two. Has she performed Simple and Clean live, though, elsewhere in her performances? It's not normally something she performs. I'm sure she has in terms of concerts in the West. I haven't... To, to be honest, I don't know when the last time she performed in the West or in the States was. I don't even think it was very recent. So that's why I was kind of sad because it just never happens. Yeah, it was. it was actually like a showstopper because they didn't introduce you they didn't they weren't say like welcome utada Hikaru. it was just suddenly i was like wait a second 
And then I looked around and I was like, everyone was kind of like the same type of facial expression. Like, is this what I think it is? Because like, you're almost in like disbelief. Yeah, it was the same. I mean, she busted out with simple and clean. I was like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> Uh, but it was brilliant. Um, I've never, I never thought I would actually go get to see her live. And yeah, it was a short, you know, couple songs. But one of the highlights of of the weekend for me, actually. Yeah, I want to see her live, obviously, because I want to see her more recent music, including Pink Blood. Um, she has some other songs. She just released the album, I think, either at the back end of twenty twenty one or at the start of twenty twenty two. I totally forgot, but pretty recently. So. I hope she does like a tour so I could see her live, but I was pretty depressed. I didn't, I didn't get to see it. I, I couch celloed and washed simple and clean from my couch. There's nothing wrong with that. It saved you all the dust. Saved you, saved you a lot of money. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm just saving my body from the pain. Did you have any other sets you liked from Coachella? You know, beside that, I mean, 80 Rising was great. Nikki was great. I mean, gotta show love there. The rest of them, you know, it was it was it was overall an okay weekend. You know, some positives, some like of the American artists like Big Sean, Meg The Stallion. Obviously, they were performers. They came out, did a great job. It was awesome. Had a good time. Um, really wanted to see. Uh, I don't even know how to say it. The the second Kiaru. I don't even know how to pronounce. Kiaru Pamu Pamu. She came on at the same time as Billie Eilish though, which was a bit, com- you know yeah Sad. so i was obviously at billy i didn't get to see her but we were listening to her music kind of before the day started and i was like oh she's really good you were listening to her music we were yeah we were listening to her music um in like before the day started we're like oh this this person's really good because we just wanted to listen at who was like closing all the sets oh okay so you guys just all looked it up yeah 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 it was really good yeah she's interesting because obviously last or it wasn't last year. When was the last Coachella? 2019? I don't remember. It was a while ago. But the last Japanese artist that came was Perfume. And Perfume killed it in terms of like the performance. They got recognized as like one of the best performances during Coachella by like Rolling Stone and stuff. So I was a bit surprised that Kyari was the one that came as the next Japanese artist. But at the same time, she's super big in Europe or and, and the States. Because she just has like a... What is what is that like a cute kawaii vibes <laughs> and it just got really big in terms of fashion yeah right you know another japanese artist that i had you know heard for the first time who was really good was rina Sa- sawayama I, was, I think she's british japanese oh really so she speaks english so her music's in english yeah but if you ever have a chance go ahead and go ahead and give her a listen i think you'll like her music okay we're getting some good re- representation there. I mean, the 88 Rising set was like crazy because I feel like they got the biggest or one of the biggest artists from almost every region of Asia. Yeah, they had Itada Hikari. They brought out 2NE1, which was mind-blowing. I don't listen to K-pop too much, but, you know, when everyone's screaming it, you realize what just happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. They had, I think, Jackson Wang, Nikki. It was crazy. Yeah, pretty stacked lineup pretty entertaining to just see you know a lot of asian representation and a lot of good music overall i mean you can't just like music for what it is so it doesn't really matter who's singing it but it's always a nice positive when you see people who kind of you've always wanted to see i guess yeah you never thought you would was it weird being back at a festival because this was your first one back right it was slightly concerning because i mean 
COVID seems like it's waking up again in some parts of the world. But yeah, first time back to a major festival. It was good. It was good. It was uh, nice to kind of see everyone just enjoying themselves. I'm sure it's better in the States. You, you know, COVID is obviously spiking up, I think, in China right now, primarily. But it is nice to have that like normal feeling back that people can do these things and not worry too much about it. Um, as long as you're, you know, vaccinated and have done your due diligence in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I I think for the most part, it was overall good vibes. Um, I think people are just happy to be out there. So overall, I'll say, you know, pretty good weekend. I mean, it wasn't as fun as I remembered it to be, but maybe I'm getting older and I was like dead tired by the end of the night. I didn't even get through like all of Billy Eilish's set. I was like, I got to go home, man. I got to sleep. <laughs> I mean, it could be the type of the music too, right? Like Billy's music is pretty soothing in a sense. And it's also at the end of the night. So that might not help with our age. Yeah. Yeah. Right. What's, what's your next big event? Anime Expo? Maybe the Anime Expo maybe nothing i don't have anything kind of that i'm planning to go like you know wait for right now but i guess we'll see what happens yeah i don't have anything lined up either but i feel like i should go to anime expo considering we've done so much anime watching over the course of the year so maybe that's what i try to do in the next few months yeah so i guess that kind of sums up my my week or weeks i should say while you're mia (laughs) Yeah, while I was MIA, you know, in some random news, I did see some MVP out there um, edited all of Naruto for his girlfriend. He basically filtered out, like, all the filler episodes of Naruto so that his uh, girlfriend could watch it and doesn't have to watch, I think, like, the 700-plus episodes there were. I saw that. How long do you think that took? That is a mission. That man is an MVP. I mean, my girlfriend has never seen Naruto and, you know, his work's out there. He's done it. He's put, done it for the team. The man has laid out his soul for other people out there. And I think it's kind of funny because watching Naruto without the fillers is kind of what I've always dreamed of and just never really had a, a clean way to do it. Yeah, I mean, you have to always look it up on Reddit or something, right? Which episodes are the fillers? What episodes should I watch, not watch? And that gets hectic yeah. too, so... Yeah, this guy's the MVP, but I can't even imagine how long that took. Maybe he just took episodes. He didn't have to like clip certain sections. You know, like how they like interject some episodes with like half filler, half non-filler. So I, I don't know if he took that much effort to clip it, to clip in between. So I, I heard he made a lot of effort and just like made sure he left some of the important side stories, like some of the Kakashi side stories that really like aren't really main stories but they mean a lot in terms of the story of naruto so that takes a lot of effort you have to like know naruto like the back of your hand to do that to know like this side story is actually important and good yeah you literally have to review every single episode basically yeah that, that's a mission i mean i think i'd pay someone to do this for me for other long running like if someone could do that for one piece granted that's a lot more work but bro there's only two <laughs> anime that you do need to do this for okay maybe three one is naruto tale. one is one piece the other one's bleach that's it i think you could do it for fairy tale too i mean fairy tale is 175 episodes that's not that bad but i mean no one likes filler episodes you know that's true but it's not the worst like we've there's definitely longer running shows like i don't even know how many episodes gintama is but i'm pretty sure gintama is longer than that that's true gintama has a ton of episodes it's definitely more than that yeah so 
I guess there's like four shows, <laughs> but Bleach is like filled with fillers like way too much and naruto was also infamous for having way too many fillers so speaking of fillers do you think i mean reading the manga spy x actually has a lot of filler chapters i kind of like those though yeah do you think they're gonna keep them in i was actually wondering that as i was reading i think so because i think um one thing that komi and kaguya do is they basically have their story or their episodes split into smaller fragments that basically add flavor in terms of like comedic aspects. So you could just have like one bit or a five minute little skit on one joke. And so I feel like Spike's family could do that in, in the course of the story because it just adds more comedic relief and adds more background or context to the characters. And the characters are already like lovable. So I think it would only benefit them. Right, right. Well, somehow we've rambled on for an hour and... Yeah, this was like a mishmash of a lot of anime. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how enjoyable this one's going to be to listen to, but it was kind of fun to just ramble. But I'm going to call it now. I think yours is going to be my anime girl of the year. I'm putting that down right now. Of the year? Of the year. Your Oh, Briar. man, you, we lost like infinite viewers now because there's like a very clear best girl award winner in 2022. Hello? No, 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 no. It's your bro everyone's literally gonna vote for my dress up darling it's not even close <laughs> well, i haven't seen my dress up darling yet so right now it's your well you're gonna watch it and you're gonna be like wow okay yeah it's not close i think okay i think there's like three options though there's there's my dress up darling marin there's your and then there's um makima from chainsaw man and it's gonna be close between those three all right. Well, I guess we'll find out. All right. Okay. I got to watch Kog and I got to watch Dress of Darling. All right. Those are the two big ones. I keep saying I'm going to watch and I'm going to start watching. You got a lot of catching up to do. So uh, you can vote for those 2022 anime awards where AOT wins everything. Watch Mikasa win Best Girl. It's over. Dude, Mikasa is, is irrelevant in the story right now. She's done nothing. <laughs> She's done nothing except wonder if her decision. It's about her presence, man. It's about her presence. Please. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up everything that we want to talk about this week. Any last closing thoughts from you, Pat? Nope. I think I'm good. I'm just got a lot of anime to catch up on, but overall, you know, feeling excited to get a new season of anime and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. All right. With that, till next week, peace out, weeboos. Peace out, friends.